rant on reels. I'm Michael Fooch. And I'm Xavier Barnett. Today on the podcast, we do deep dives into Richard Jewell, Cats, and we give you our bottom 10 movies of 2019. That sounds amazing. We're going to count the worst movies of the year. I'm excited because I like ripping on movies. I'm glad. Uh, Happy New Year, Xavier. It's our last podcast of the decade. Yeah, very last podcast of the decade. I can't believe this. I don't know what's what the world has in store for us in the next couple of years. Hopefully, World War Three doesn't start. Um, okay, that's deep. <laughs> uh, just on the note of our last uh, podcast of the decade, this is your last opportunity to like or review us this decade. Yes, it's definitely your last opportunity to like and review us. Um, of the decade, not of, of all the time. Decade. Continue to do this if you're listening to this podcast after after the decade. Leave a nice little review. We read it online. Uh, you can like us on Facebook. Well, not Facebook. I Why do you always say Facebook? Because it's the it's the king of social media, right? It so why are we on Facebook thing. then? Because we don't because we don't want Mark Walkerberg to go through our garbage and Mark go through who? all Mark Zuckerberg. Yeah, Zuckerberg. you know he owns Instagram, right? Yeah. Okay, well, just so we're clear that Facebook owns Instagram. Yeah, he also owns WhatsApp. He owns everything. But but yes, so you know, we're also on Instagram, we're on iTunes, Spotify, and Spotify and SoundCloud with all the rappers and YouTube. You can also comment on those videos. What are your plans? What are your plans for New Year's this year? We're just going to go to the church and be thankful for the new decade and hopefully this one will be many blessings in it as well i hope that is true for you i'm going to a buddy's house we're gonna have some play some games have some fun also you don't want to uh go to the church and give me blessings because i'm gonna wish for blessings for you and producer dave so that's how it is hey okay okay did on christmas for you though (laughs) all right just uh for regular listeners uh coming up for the month of january be because it is the end of the 2010s, uh, we are going to do our for a third act of our shows, uh, top 10 list. So this week will be to our, our bottom 10 movies of 2019. Next week will be our top 10 movies of 2019. Then we will be doing our bottom 10 movies of the decade. And then our, t- our top movies of the decade uh, for the, the fourth week of this. Third, yeah, fourth week I think of yeah, this okay. of this kind of process. Yeah, and then for the last week of January, we'll maybe do like some kind of summary of the day. We're gonna have a vote. Let's do a vote. That'd be fun. A vote of what? Of what we should do for the last segment. For the last, I think it's, okay. We can do that. What do you think we want to do? Should we do uh, sum up the decade trivia? Trivia or talk about the decade as yeah. a whole, like how this decade means. Recasting, to us. recasting or just go to the vault to a movie. No vault. That's the one we're not doing. Okay. Okay. okay I'm putting enough. my foot down. No vault. I figured it's it would make trivi- me watch I, something that sucks. I feel a trivia would be the one that would you put your foot down because you always get embarrassed. I don't get embarrassed. See you always podcast. find movies. You always podcast. make sure I don't see the movies. Literally, I picked your top ten movies from your Christmas movie mm-hmm. list well, last week, yeah. and I got you on a Moana question last month. It was brutal. Yeah, it was brutal. Moana question. No one, no one even heard the song. All right, let's talk a little about news. I am not – we spent an hour last week venting about Star Wars. I'm Star Wars done, is dead. I'm not done venting yet. George Lucas came out – or I guess he didn't come out. Um, uh, 
Emperor Palpatine himself came out to tell us that he was told by George Lucas many, many moons ago, back in the 80s, that the Emperor was dead. Palpatine is dead! In After Return of the Jedi, that he did not survive, that he was dead, dead. That he would never be coming back in the future of Star Wars. Does this change your perception at all of Rise of Skywalker, or does this just continue to show why this movie was not good no it changes my perception completely now instead of being just a little sucky it's a lot sucky would this change your rating of the movie no how come if it if it makes it i'm just more joking su- i was joking it's not really it doesn't really change my perspective even if palpatine was supposed to be dead george lucas sold his rights to the movie so anything that he says does not matter anymore see this is where i very much disagree with you because i will tell you this george lucas may not be able to write a script to save his life but he has ideas that are brilliant and we see this like star wars is a brilliant concept right the original three are great obviously most people like empire and you know what makes empire different than the first movie it was a cliffhanger it wasn't directed by george lucas yeah uh, but George, when he did the prequels, he surrounded himself by yes men, and he had good ideas there. He just didn't execute the ideas with good dialogue, good script play, and a couple missed choices like the final battle between Anakin and Obi-Wan. That's not missed. That's a great battle. No, it's a horrible battle because the, the re- Anakin Skywalker would not use the high ground. He would not. He knows he, he was lost. Well, technically, in the first one, Darth Maul has the high ground, and Obi Wan Kenobi still beats Darth Maul with the high ground. So you're not wrong on that. So but it's technically, still not a, that's more George Lucas's writing error. There's actually, believe this or not, there's actually a a, a rewrite, not necessarily a rewrite, but a, an alternate version of the script that they didn't go with. That was so much better. You should take a look at it next time you you have it. I don't care. I like that battle. That's my no, most it's, favorite it's even, battle. No, it's even. I'm telling time. you, it's even. The battle doesn't change. Just the ending. The battle's fine. It's the ending of the battle that's not good. And most Star Wars fans agree that that battle's not very good. It's just a just little. Just the end of the battle. The point is, we're we're we're, we're off point here. The point is, George Lucas's ideas one through six were brilliant, and he had ideas for seven, eight, and nine. He had ideas, and guess what? They didn't go with them. They didn't use them. And that, to me, is frustrating. That, to me, is like you have the, the, you have the guy who has the keys to the kingdom. And, yeah, he gave the keys away. But it's like, oh, we're going go to we're gonna build a new kingdom instead of playing with all the toys he has in his kingdom. Hey, man, that's Disney's fault. And if they want to you know screw up Star Wars because it's dead now, that's their fault. It's true. It's you're not wrong. If you want to sell but I properties, do think, I do don't think, sell it. I do think that for real Star Wars fans, the 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 OG fans from 1977 that watched the original trilogy first. So anyone who who was a Star Wars fan before 1999, I think anybody any of those will listen to George Lucas more than anyone else with Star Wars. If he says uh-uh. Then you yeah, know what? I guess you can listen to him, but he doesn't own it, so it doesn't matter. It, but but it does matter because if he doesn't give you like his signature of approval, it's like like Stan Lee. If Stan Lee told you this is amazing, like you're gonna be like, 
it, it gives you an idea that you're like, okay, maybe I can get beyond this. I can or behind this, sorry. Yeah, but I didn't agree with everything that Stanley did. You're, you're Same right, with George but Lucas, it's, right? But, it's, so. but it's, it's that seal of approval that if he hates it, if Stanley, if it's con- if the movie itself, let's say a a Marvel movie was controversial, mm-hmm. and Stanley said, "Uh, uh-uh, uh, this is not what I want." It just adds fuel to the fire that it's not the way it should be. But if it's if it's a movie is is a little bit different, but it's critically acclaimed, and and Stanley was like, "This is I like this," like kind of some of the decisions that Feiji made that are different from the uh, comics. I, I guess I know what you'd come from, but for me personally, I don't need to an outside source to confirm whether or not I like the movie. If I like it, I like it. I don't need George Lucas to say if he liked it I just his, think his it, seal of approval or Stan I, Lee's or J.K. Rowland's or any anybody that's I, the creator. I see what you're saying. I don't disagree with you at all. I guess it's because I dislike it and he disliked it. It means something more. Yeah. If I love this movie and he disliked it, I don't know if I'd feel the same way. Yeah. Because he didn't really like any of them and I don't really like any of them. Yeah. It's kind of like seeing a reviewer, you know, like saying if a reviewer doesn't like a movie that reviews a lot of movies, he knows movies, I guess. And then if he, if he doesn't, if you have his seal of approval, he just hates a movie. It's like bringing his opinion into it. You're not, you're not wrong. Uh, also on the Star Wars chat, <laughs> Pedro Pascal. Do you know who Pedro Pascal is? I don't know. I think he can't tell. He's always wearing a helmet in the TV show. <laughs> yeah, yeah. The Mandalorian himself. <laughs> he went on record talking about his views on, uh, you know, Rise of Skywalker. Did you hear what he said about it? What did he say? He said, worst Star Wars movie ever. <laughs> My hero. Oh man, Pedro Pascal. I don't know. He was probably in the worst Kingsman ever. So I don't know if we can trust his decision. <laughs> no, I'm just joking. I look at you know what? It's so funny because I, I didn't watch this week's episode of Mandalorian. We're not we're not reviewing yeah. it this week. We talked about it. I, I'm sorry. We'll review it next week. But I, I, I'm a, I'm angry at Star Wars. And I need a week off from it. But watching Mandalorian these last seven weeks, if feel star wars the way it's shot the music the the story the 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 themes they're very star wars to me yeah. and, I, and and watching last jedi and watching rise of skywalker i can see what pedro was saying because we, we talked about this in in our podcast last week it is this is not a star wars movie it's not it has star wars characters it has star wars aspects like the millennium falcon and lightsabers mm-hmm. But this does not have the feel of what Star Wars was. I guess. I mean, even the way it's shot, that like Star Wars is very famous for like the the scenes cutting like with like a yeah like, with sliding off screen. I see what you're saying. It's always this is the I feel like the prequels had the same kind of treatment that this had both this new trilogies having. I feel like no matter what you're gonna do. Old fans are never going to be happy. That's not... Buddy, I don't agree with you because we could see this in other franchises that have come back when, there are, when they are good. I don't know. I'm looking at Jurassic World. Not so much. Uh, you're not wrong uh, on that. But that's Independence br- Day. Brutal. You're right. Power Rangers. Yeah, brutal. Well... There's a lot more hit misses than hits because fan bases... They all have their own idea how everything should be, and then if it doesn't go according to their plan, it's terrible. I, I just got one. For, I got the trump card for you, though. The MCU. Right. The MCU is – you talk about 
a fan base that 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 has been happy every step of the way. Yeah. You put smart people in charge. I am telling you, it will work. You yeah. and I agree. No, MCU makes you, money, but that's because it goes. Yeah, that I guess that is your trump card. It's gonna make money, but, but there are some too. people. It's cri- but it's but it's critically acclaimed. It's critically acclaimed, is- but like I'm not gonna lie, it doesn't. Some people complain it doesn't take risks. Some of the villains aren't very. Aside from like obviously Thanos has been been very uh, big but aside from like you know endgame and infinity war some people i'm i don't agree with them but like that, some people are sitting you're like, right but but here's the thing those people in the mcu's case are the minority the strong minority these mcu yeah. movies are getting 90s on rotten tomatoes by fans and by critics yeah the difference is these star wars movies like last jedi and rise of skywalker they're in the 50s yeah. So, like, I mean, I think there is a it's difference. decisive with the fans as well. But the, but the, the 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 other aspect is Star Wars has so much written down that they didn't use. There's so many ways they could have gone. They're like that the people would have been happy with. That's the right. other problem, right? It's like the comics in in the MCU. There are stories there. You don't have to take everything. You can change things here and there. But get a, get excited. But you you can be there. Are, there's enough to get excited about, mm-hmm. right now. That being said, at the end of the day, Star Wars decided we're going to throw all of this away, create our own thing, and alienate our entire fan base. And that yeah. is not smart business. And I'm, a, I'm the Disney fanboy apparently, right? <laughs> all right. I'm done. With, I think our the, our viewers have, and our listeners, they've heard us talk about Star Wars enough. I think yeah. we're done for for at least until Mr. later this podcast. Star Wars. Yeah. All right. So well, let's start. Talking about our movies today, we were gonna. Well, let's start with cats. Let's start with cats. All right. Uh, also, before we start, spoiler alerts for cats, uh, and Richard Jewell and and all the movies, movies of the year be because similar. yeah, that might be similar. Yeah. So if you don't want to get spoiled, uh, there's gonna be spoilers for pretty much every movie that's been considered bad. Who knows? Maybe you may have liked the movie and we consider it bad as well. So probably in some be of careful. our cases. Okay. So, Xavier, what are your opening thoughts on Cats? It's a big old no thank you. The CGI looks very unpleasant. Um, apparently, uh, so right before, there's a little bit of a rumor going, there was a rumor that even before they sent it out, some of it was unfinished. So, we didn't get that version, but... Some of the unfinished versions, so some of the CGI's wasn't fully done, so it wasn't fully edited. So uh, take with that what you will, but I guess the effort into making the movie wasn't as uh, top notch, and uh, it really shows in the uh, effort. And that's that's about it. I don't know what was going on. I don't care what was going on. I guess it was trying to be. It's a very. It took a big swing. And it missed very hard. But, hey, kudos to you for trying to take a big swing. What about you? Well, I'll be honest. <laughs> I have no idea. I'm not, or not, I should say I'm not entirely sure what I watched. I've never seen the musical. And I was so confused the entire movie. I had really no idea what was going on with a lot of the story. Um, which is... My primary negative with this film, I have no idea what occurred in the film. <laughs> I mean, I'm not really sure. I have an idea, so I think I'm going to need your help to figure out what I saw. Okay. 
But I'll be honest. We'll try to do this together. There's a lot of criticism of this film. I didn't hate it. I might not really have understood what I saw, but at the end of the day, the music and the dancing were phenomenal. I really liked the songs. And again, I, I, I wasn't familiar with the music to this film. I, I enjoyed it, specifically the later half of the music. But the dancing. Francesca Haywards, who plays the uh, main character, Victoria, her ballet, she's a prima ballerina, right? Like, her ballet was on point. She was so good. Like, watching her, like, on her toes, it's like, it almost is as if they're, like, in zero gravity, like, or at least less gravity because she just her movements were phenomenal i was so impressed interesting i was really impressed with that so i, I really liked the music i really liked the dancing yeah i didn't save it i mean by no means is this going to be positive i just i don't hate it as much as other people yeah you're in this you're in the small minority so let's deep dive into this and i'm going to start with the question that, that i hope you have an answer to okay. did you understand the film no no, not even at all. It's uh, apparently the Broadway is the Broadway show. Like it's not really able to make a film out of out of the. I, that's what I gather from yeah. watching this. I want to watch the Broadway show now because I think it makes more sense on Broadway. Yeah, that's what I, I'm so, assuming. So bear with me, okay? This is what I think happened. Now I could be wrong, listeners. If I'm wrong, don't hate me because I I'm honest. I didn't understand what I saw. Um. I think our main character, Victoria, she's been abandoned by her human cat. She spends the next 90 minutes meeting all the other cats in the area. Uh, the Idris Elba's character is a bad cat. Yeah. They are all in, not they're all in this competition for a better life. The outcast cat, Jennifer Hudson, she wins. And Victoria finds a new home with all of these cats. That's what I think happened over the 90-minute film. Am I right? Is that what you gather? Sounds about right. Okay, perfect. So we can agree upon this. So I just have one simple question. What the hell is a Jellicle cat? They keep talking about these freaking Jellicle cats. I want to be a Jellicle cat. I'm not a Jellicle cat. I, all the Jellicle cats are invited to the Jellicle ball. What the hell is a Jellicle cat? Did I miss something in this film? Maybe the cats are slightly have a class system. Uh, that they, These are very complicated and... Uh, very intelligent cats. Uh, they have a little bit of a class system, I'm thinking. And if you're an angelical cat, um, I don't know, but I don't know if it's a good thing to be an angelical cat or a bad thing. I didn't gather that. What would you say? I don't know what it, I have no idea. I have not even, I don't really have a guess by this because I would have thought it was like a type of cat. But then Victoria says she's not a angelical cat. And I'm like, what? Like, do you need, like, a, a, a thing to be a Jellicle cat? But I'm like, she's a very good dancer. So, I mean, like, wouldn't that be her thing? I didn't, I didn't really understand it. It didn't make a lot of sense. Interesting. Now, I'm sure that in the movie or in the, sorry, in the Broadway, it makes more sense. Or if it doesn't make more sense, at least someone could explain it to me. I yeah. should have asked someone, but I didn't. anyone I've talked to that saw the movie, like you and uh Giovanna and a couple other people they had no idea yeah uh yeah but, not a lot of people have seen this movie no. uh, so far it's not uh it's trending to not do so well this weekend no not at all yeah so one of the biggest criticisms of this film was the cgi you've already said you hated it. that was a big part of your opening thoughts yeah. i also hated it 
Is there anything specific about it that you hate or just all of it in general? Just all of it in general. Like I said, it's unpleasant to look at. Like, it's just, you feel so uncomfortable. I was watching, like, um, Judy Dench, her character, like, the, 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 uh, whatchamacallit, what's her, what's her face's name? I don't, I didn't really understand who the cats were, to be honest, but Deuteronomy, I believe, was, was was her character. And... She looked like the cowardly lion from The Wizard of Oz. <laughs> like, that's what I'm telling you. She looked like the cowardly lion from The Wizard of Oz. That is like, that at least when you're, you're watching... me. Just, at, uh, at, le- at least when you're watching, like, the Broadway show of it, like... They're wearing... They're, they, they, don't, they don't have to look like... Why did you have to digitally make them cats? I don't understand. Like, why did they have to be digitally made to be cats? I don't know, maybe they didn't trust the costumes or Yeah, like I said, I'm pretty this is in uh competition for worst CGI of the year. Yes, I I would agree on that. Is this the Irishman and Gemini Gemini Man. Those are the Gemini three Man for would me. be my number one. <laughs> those are the three for me. Um did the movie do a good job to get you to understand who characters were? Cuz I left the I, I mean Victoria's an easy name. But I didn't even think they used character names for the most part. I don't know. Because I don't think cats talk to each other by their name. They just... I don't even know how cats communicate, to be honest. Because apparently meowing isn't... That's just something they created to mimic a baby's cry. To get humans' attention. No, I meant like though in the movie. Like all the cats that, that do talk. Did you yeah. understand like what their name... Like, could you name the cats in the movie? No. I couldn't. Like I couldn't figure out anyone. And the Ollie CGI was bad, so I couldn't character. figure out what the actors were either. Yeah. I feel like... All he knew is Idris Elba was the bad guy. Yes. Rebel Wilson was the fat one. And Francesca Hayward was the... No, uh, no, no, you're wrong. It was um, James, James um, Colburn was the, the, the big cat who ate all the time. Oh. See? Proved your point. I didn't know which one was which. Um, so, okay... Did you understand how the magic worked? Like Idris Elba had all this magic he could trans, um, tr- like go anywhere he wanted at any time. Yeah. Then well, you that, have Mister Mistopheles. He was like a magical cat, but like why did why did they have why do some cats have magic? Well, some of them are satanic worshippers, and uh, they decide to. Uh, Is that say, your answer, really? Like that's the answer you got for me? What? What am I do? This movie sucks. Okay. You know they sold. Cats of nine lives. They sold one of the lives to the devil to do magic powers. <laughs> is this a cat world or a human world? That's the one thing I, I was I was trying to figure out in this film. Because I thought it was a human world, like because it looked like a human gave Victoria up. But like then you're watching the background, and all of like the stores, like they're all cat names. Yeah, I weird. think it's a human world because the the sets are gigantic and they're kind of shrunken looking and they're like dancing around like a pole it's way bigger than a cat size so i think this is their visionary to make it kind of like a cat world and i guess they're doing cat puns to be yeah i don't get it to be yeah no it's Mm. this is like i said big swing and a miss do you like the music though uh no really no i love the music I love my my favorite song, "Memory." Even though I will say this, I didn't like the director's choice to have Jennifer Hudson cry through the first rendition. It takes away from it. She's this great voice. I would have loved her just to like 
sing it. A beautiful ghost. I really like that song. That's, that's Jennifer Hudson. No, I'm just kidding. She has no, a that's great voice. But that's what she was like. But you couldn't <laughs> hear it. You couldn't make it out. And then Mr. Mistopheles was really good, too. I thought there were some really good <laughs> Do you want to see the musical? Does this make you want to see it? Would you, would you go see the musical? If someone were like, let's go see the Cats. Over anything else? Because I've never been to a no, just Broadway in general. Let's say, it's, let's say it's coming to Toronto. Would you would you go see it? Someone's like, hey, Xavier, let's go. Like, if I said Xavier... You they always... said for free, yes. So you wouldn't pay to go see it? Probably not. Okay. Well, if you mean, if you mean like the music, I mean, that's, that's kind of the key thing. <laughs> yeah. All right. I'll so, see the SpongeBob musical. I see ads for that all the time on the TTC. I'd, I'd, go, I'd, go see it. I'd go see it for sure. Yeah. I, 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 I want to see the difference. I want to see... I've seen I, the, it can't I've be seen as, an ad for it too. It can't be as as bad as as what what I saw on screen. I feel like it would, if I saw the I feel like if I saw the musical, I would give this movie a, a lot worse of the rating. Yeah, but it's one of those things where if you like the, like I like the music, like I like as you bad as this. Like the, you just only like the music. That's the only reason why it's good. I bet you the show is way better. And, of course it is. I so no you doubt. Just give this one because it's a poor is that, attempt. Is that what you're giving it? Yeah. All right. Well, I'm ten. I'm giving it a five out of ten, and again for so the music nice. and the dancing because it's listen. At the end of the day, if you if you go see this movie, if you go into the theater, you're gonna be you're gonna it's a musical. So as long as you like the music, you're gonna be entertained. Listen, no one's gonna see this movie. It's not making any money. It's you know not why yet. it's not making any money? Cause no one's going to see it. People are gonna see another crappy movie. I'm not going to say because we said we wouldn't talk about it anymore. But it's part of a franchise that is dead. So I, I saw you would you would go see Star Wars again before you'd see Cats again. Yeah. Yes, 100%. I would see Cats again any day of the week. I go see Cats again like six times before I go see Star Wars again. Yeah, because you're you're more upset with Star Wars than I am. Yeah, well, you know, you don't. Well, have at least it. like I like the sound. I rather listen to Sound of a Lightsaber than any of the songs in the freaking Cats in the Cat Show or movie. Okay. Fair enough. Vroom. Vroom. That sounds way better than. I'm a cat and I'm crying because I'm a cat and we need to get friends. So, is there anything else on cats you want to talk about? <laughs> no. All right. Let's, let's move on to Richard Jewell. Oh, Richard Jewell. All right. They tried to buzz. No, just that's that's uh, that was in poor taste. I'm sorry, everybody. Okay. Well, you're up. What are your opening thoughts on Richard Jewell? Wow, what a change. You know, one movie's really, really bad. One movie I really enjoyed. Um, for me and Richard Jewell, I think uh, Sam Rockwell, Watson Bryant, really stole the show for me in this. Uh, he was just hilarious the entire time, just his reactions to everything. The certain scenes, well, I'll say them more in the, in the, uh, when we started to do our deep dive of scenes that I loved and that I couldn't stop laughing at. But, you know, you kind of really feel for, like, you know, it's pretty much about a guy who just wants to be a cop. And he's very serious about being a cop, so some people, he takes it a little bit too seriously, if you ask me. But at the end of the day, he means well because he really believes in order and peace and really respects the, the thing. And at, towards the end, there's a great monologue that I just loved and that just made me... That elevated the feeling. It was just one of it was a feel good movie, and I Which really enjoyed the ride. Uh, the monologue at the end where he speaks with the uh, FBI, like when he you know tells the FBI agents off. Like I love that monologue. It was great. 
Because, you know, the entire movie, spoiler alert, entire movie really sucks off the law. Like, he's bent over, just taking it. I'm oh, sorry, this is a kid's <laughs> But I'm just giving you a visual uh, for it. But yeah, I enjoyed the acting scenes. You know, some stuff I wasn't 100% on board with, but for the most part, very enjoyable movie for me. I had fun with it, and that's what you need in a movie. And rewatchability, I don't know if it's rewatchable. Would you say it's rewatchable? I, I don't think it. it's it's one of those movies. It's really good to watch the first time. I don't know about rewatchability. Yeah, that's, that's which factors into it. Mm-hmm. So I really enjoyed the film as well. I was I was really surprised. Actually, no, I'm, I shouldn't say I'm surprised. Clint Eastwood's a very good director. Mm-hmm. I'm not surprised he's telling a, a, a good story, and I learned a lot. You know, how old were you in '96 when this happened? I was four. You were four. I was eleven. But I wasn't in Wait, the... When I, was it? It was the Florida... Atlanta. Atlanta, Atlanta Olympics. Atlanta Olympics. July of 19... July 1996. What? I don't remember. But here's if the thing. If it's after 28th, then I was three, and if not, I was four. Well, but it would have been going on when you were four, because yeah. it, was, it was under investigation for a while. Mm-hmm. Uh, I was not in the... I was on the continent when this happened, because that was the year my family went to Italy, so... I saw Donovan Bailey, who that was the year he broke the record for the 100. Mm-hmm. I saw that race live, but I did not know about this incident. I did not know about the bombing of of the Atlanta Olympics because again, it wasn't here. So after Excuse the movie, me. like a like a, a history like the history geek that I am, I went and and ate up the information from it, and I I was fascinated by the story, and that's. The primary thing I liked about this movie, I mean, the character development, Xavier touched upon the monologue in the end, but uh, the entire, t- the, for me, the entire story of Richard Jewell was fascinating. His mom, you know, you, you talk about um, Watson Bryant. I, I, I think Richard Jewell, I think uh, Paul Walter Hauser, I think he stole the show for me. Don't get me wrong. I thought Watson, I thought Sam Rockwell, Sam Rockwell is fantastic in everything he does. Yeah, he's got, no, he's got a charisma true. to him. <laughs> that's, that's very true. He's good in Jojo Rabbit. And I liked him in Vice with uh, George Bush. I like him in almost everything. Yeah. I mean, you know, he's gr- he's great in many things. Even Iron Man too. You know, like mm-hmm. I, I really did. I liked him. That's where I first saw him, at least that I remember. Mm-hmm. I really liked though how this movie shows how people can turn against you. Yeah. And evidence means absolutely nothing to people, and to me, stuff like that's very dangerous. It's very dangerous. Yeah. It's that, almost like foreshadowing how the climate that we live in today. It's funny that you said that because that's actually my one of my dislikes of this movie. You talk a little bit about rewatchability. I I personally think this is not the type of movie that we need right now. Um, this is this movie attacks the two people that we look to 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 or that we need to trust: the media and the police. And and the, the, Clint Eastwood is telling us that you can't trust the police. You can't trust the media. And that kind of shows his hand. He's a staunch Republican, Eastwood. And he's attacking the two things that Donald Trump attacks regularly, the media and the cops. So, I mean, I look at that and I'm yeah. like, I don't think this is the movie for I think everyone attacks the cops nowadays. I Even know. Democrats. It's, it's da- but it's dangerous. It's, it's, it's and dangerous. Democrats attack the I, media. I agree. But if you can't trust anyone... What what hope is there for our society? And and, I, and I've said this on the podcast before, and, and I mean it. Movies are there for our entertainment, but 
they are our means of escape and I really think that that's a really important aspect and I mean this movie gave me some escape but it's a scary movie because there's a lot of a lot of what happened here is something that could happen in real life and that and that's scary yeah. All right, ready to deep dive into this? Yeah, let's get into it. So the movie starts a decade before the uh, Atlanta Olympics in 1986. I would have been one, and Xavier would have been a figment of everyone's imagination. I wasn't even a figment. No one thought of me till I was born. So you weren't even a figment of anyone's imagination. No, I was not. Um, so we kind of get to meet Watson and uh, Richard. And Richard Jewell is in uh, – Interning, I guess. Is that what you'd say? Is he yeah, working part time or is he interning? I think he's just working part time to wait to go to school or like yeah. pay school or something. Yeah, like that. I, I, he's working at this law firm and he meets Watson Bryant, and it gives us two of the most important pieces of information that we're going to need. Richard is weird, he's odd, but he's a good human. Yeah. And Watson is anti authority. And he's actually personable to Richard. Those are kind of the pit, bits of information that we get. Uh, would you agree that that's, that's the, the, the whole point of the first yeah. five minutes? Correct. Now, what were your thoughts on this? Did, did, the, did Eastwood make a good decision starting it in 1986 and not 1999? I, I think he made a good decision because it also shows that they have a history together as well um, on top of that. So... Kind of explains why was he the only one that Richard would think of to call when he had an issue or anything like that and stuff like that. So it shows that they have a connection, right? Because if you saw if he went to 1996 and he calls Walter, you're like, why was this guy out of anyone else, right? I think it was, and he didn't. It wasn't too long of a scene, you know. It was about like you said, no, five minutes. Yeah, so it, was it was good enough. I agree. I thought it was a good decision to start here. <laughs> What are your thoughts on making him so weird? They they did they did a number on Richard Jewell. Like I have never I don't never met the man. I don't want to say he, yeah. I, you know rest in peace. But I've never met him. I have no idea what he's like. They made him look really weird in this film, especially in up until like the media gets his his hands on him. Right? Yeah. Were you okay with that portrayal of him? Um. I'm okay because it kind of kind of makes you look like oh just because you're weird they're gonna assume things. I'm not gonna lie, I'm not proud of this growing up, but like anyone that's a little bit weird becomes an easy target to be like oh this guy did this because look at him like he's he's picking his nose and eating it, you know like stuff like that. Like it sucks, but that's what happens. I wasn't upset with the portrayal. I don't know, but what about if he wasn't weird in real life? He wasn't weird in real life. That's what I'm right? saying. Like, I is is this some? I don't know. Yeah, I get it. That makes sense. But he did, like I said, one of the reasons why they really on him is because he fit the uh, lone bomber hero type kind of guy. Yeah, you're. You're. I guess that's true. They kept beating that or beating us over the head with that description. So after that, we go ten years later. Uh, Richard is working at a college campus. He responds to this noise complaint. Uh, in the dorm, boys are drinking. They don't take him seriously, as no one is going to in this film. Yeah. So they say they're going to report Richard. Uh, this is a scene I don't really get. Now, to me, it looks like Richard is doing his job. Mm-hmm. And it looks like the boys are going to uh, lie to get him fired. That's how yeah. I perceive this specific scene. However, in fact, what we find out is that 
the dean has taken the boy's side and that Richard is going to get fired and he's been complained about a lot. So what did you think was going to happen? Did you agree with me? Did you think that the boys were going to lie to get him fired? Yeah, I figured that they were going to lie and be like, oh, we didn't know what was going on. And I think like he had many incidents like this recordingly because mm-hmm. they lifted the list of the incidents. So obviously there's a bunch of incidents going around you. Even uh, It's hard to get, get the benefit of the doubt if you have in a history. I, the New England Patriots. I, I think though, like what I find, what I, what I personally find interesting is I don't think anything he does is that wrong. He runs a tight chip, but he fought, he's, yeah, except I mean, for, I'm not gonna lie. The one thing I thought was kind of funny was he was pulling people over for speeding. No, not speeding for drinking and driving. Oh, for drinking and driving. Yes. Oh, I thought it was for speeding. Oh, maybe it was. Maybe I mean, maybe I missed. Yeah. I thought it was, <laughs> I thought it was drinking, pulling over. He was doing like um, uh, what you call it? Uh, checks for drinking and driving on the highway. But maybe oh, it was. Okay. Maybe it was speed. Maybe I missed. I understood yeah. that. You might be right. We, we 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 can rewatch it. Oh wait, no, it's not rewatchable. So never mind. We're never watching this movie again. So why do you think Eastwood put this in the movie to make him look bad? Uh, I think it's to more to drive the plot forward for in a later scene. When the dean comes back, like at first you're not going to notice that, but then the next you're like, oh, okay, so that's why this was here. Yeah, it's the FBI that are, that sorry, the dean that's going to put the FBI onto Richard Jewell. Yeah. All I can say though is if this is really how it how the FBI got onto Richard Jewell, shame on the FBI. Yeah. Like there's literally no Don't evidence. Trust the government. No, I'm just joking. What do they just say about like, the dangers of that? Well, you said it, not me. Shame on the FBI. I just think that it's it, it, shame on them if that's the real reason. Because yes, is he eager? Is he is is he going farther than he should? Absolutely. But this is this is not this is someone who's following rules and protocol, not someone yeah. that's that's not doing that. Like not that's trying to create a problem. It's yeah. not like he's putting alcohol in dorm rooms and then breaking it up, planting evidence. Like, if no. he was doing that kind of garbage, then okay. But literally, the guy, all he's, all he's guilty of is being too strict. Yeah. So I, was not a, I wasn't a big fan of the scene if it was not true. And if it is true, all I can say is shame on the FBI. Fair enough. So he gets fired from this job and... It's okay because it's the perfect time to be fired because it's the Olympics and the one thing that costs more than almost anything else combined for the Olympics is security. So he gets a job uh, as a security guard for the Atlanta Olympics. And uh, he works at the Centennial Park watching the concerts. The first night, everything is fine. He does follow a person with a bag who turns out to be just giving drinks to people. Mm Mm-hmm. He breaks up a, the second night, though, is the night there's going to be a bombing, and he breaks up a fight. And as he's breaking up the fight, he sees this bag. It's and he, fight. They're just throwing beer bottles at the side of the thing, speeding teens. That's true. Is that accurate? What? That, that, that he, well, he, he does break up the fight. He, but again, he, when he breaks up this fight, he goes a little bit too far. He tries yeah. to act with more authority than he has. Yeah. Now, he sees this bag. And he wants to follow protocol. And he's ridiculed for that. Yeah. I'm not going to lie. If I was a security guard, I'd probably be the same way, which is bad. Like, you never want to do that. I hate to admit it. But, like, sometimes following protocol, you never know. 
So wait, wait. Happen. What would you do? Would you be the secu- would you be the police or would you be Richard Jewell? Would you t- if you saw a bag, an unmarked bag that was just left there? Would you follow the procedures like Richard Jewell did, or would you just like forget about it? Uh what's it called? If Richard Jewell was dragging me, like, come on, we gotta secure the perimeter, I'd be like, oh, just chill. It's okay. Like just someone. But then again, like if you never know, if I didn't see where the bed, it depends. I wasn't in the situation. Me, then I think about it. I'm very panicky when it comes to like security. And oh, stuff I'd, like I'd be that. paranoid. I'd be yeah. paranoid. <laughs> I'm listen. I'm I'm the person that I'm all for. Uh, this is where I, I disagree with other people. I think that everyone should be checked at an airport. Everyone should get like the the whatever the ma- major treatment is. Everyone should be getting it. Not not based on the color of your skin. Not based on if you're man or woman. But every single human being. From the age of birth to the age of death should be checked because I am that paranoid. Wow, we'd never get anywhere. We'd I have to come to the thing five safety hours first. early. Safety first. Hey, go to the airport three hours early. You know that's five hours. I go three hours early. Yeah, but I mean, I go, I go three hours early. I'm always out after. It only takes an hour to get through security. Yeah, but you never know. It's always better to be safe than sorry. Yeah, I, that's my point. Be safe than sorry. That's I, is exactly my point. Anyways. People are lazy. They don't want to follow protocol, and that's how people die. Yeah. So I am a hundred percent with Rich with Richard Jewell on this one. No, Rich. Now it really is a bomb, and uh, they evacuate people as much as they can. The bomb goes off. Initially, Richard is seen as a hero. He gets talk shows. He's gonna do a book deal, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. In all of his answers that I heard in this movie. Now, again, it wasn't around for the real the, mm-hmm. the real thing, but real in all event. the answers I heard, he continues to, to try to deflect the credit and give everyone who is involved credit. Is that yeah. fair? Correct. So he's always trying to show that he's worried about the victims, mm-hmm. the one person who died, the the other security guards who got nailed, they got, they got injured, who he seems to be more worried about. All the other people that had helped. That seems to be what he's doing. So, why does he fit this? He's, they're going to talk about this lone bomber. I want to be a hero. He's not really... I don't really get that hero vibe from what he's doing. Do you get it? Um, That's true. I think the, this is where the movie kind of plays a little bit, right? Because they're trying to show the lone bomber thing. But they're also trying to show how good of a person Richard Jewell is and how wrong the media is trying to be portrayed. So in doing that, it kind of kind of contradicts what they're trying to what the what he's trying to do for like to drive the plot to have them say, "Oh, he's he did it. He fits the bill. If the glove fits, you must he did quit. it." <laughs> Sorry, what time? Let's I, I know. I screwed it up. You totally messed that up. I know. I, I just admitted to it. Yeah. Um, so then... Glove so fits, for, he must have did it. <laughs> That's the new one. Yeah. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> oh, boy. Anyways, for a day and a half, he is a hero. But then there's a turn. That old jealous dean of his uh, calls the FBI. And uh, he's, they set up this profile that he's... The Lone Bomber, which, again, I think is a bunch of bull, and you agree with. Uh, Anyone that took the time to see how long it took to walk from the bag to the payphone would have known he was innocent from day one. Yeah. So this is what I don't understand. The FBI is going to figure this out like a week later. 
And what is what did they what does the FBI decide when they realize that he couldn't have done it himself? Because there was a phone call, right? Yeah. And the pay phone is is not enough of a walk. So what did the FBI say after that? We don't care. No, there he must have an accomplice. Yeah, accomplice. But the whole aspect is he's the lone bomber. Yeah. Your whole profile is that he's the lone bomber, and then bam, you change it. Mm-hmm. To what? To I'm a I'm a gay, I have a gay accomplice that must have done it with me. I hate the I hate I hate I hate like authority. That's not at all what he is. You yeah. change the entire profile. It does not work anymore. Now, what what really makes things bad for the FBI? Now, John Hamm's character in the FBI, the agent, the lead agent, is not based off a real character. One of the okay. only characters in the movie that is not. Yeah, he, th- that FBI is based off a bunch of FBI, but FBI uh, officers that. Instead of making a bunch of officers, you hire one major yeah, actor. Yeah, there's always the one guy that's happened with fighting with my family yeah. as well. So one agent, uh, John Hamm, he tells a reporter, Kathy Scuggs, or Scruggs, sorry, and she prints the story. What are your thoughts on news reporter Kathy Scuggs? Wow, Scruggs. If I ever, if I ever seen someone that was so quick to ruin people's lives, you know, sleep with people for stories, you know, just uh, real kind of, uh, I don't know, I very unpleasant feeling. She was portrayed as the antagonist of this film. Probably. That and the FBI. Yes, yes, you're absolutely right. But the FBI, it gets painted in a corner now. Once, once she puts that story up, the FBI's almost, their hands are tied, right? Yeah. Because he's the story. Mm-hmm. And once he's the story, the FBI has to kind of roll with it because people wanted blood. Yeah. The, and not even just people. The world's watching, right? The Olympics yeah. are a, a, an international event. This isn't just some random event. Yeah. So absolutely, this is very interesting to me. Do you think her portray- her portrayal was fair? Her Her portrayal has come under the criticism of a lot of people, including her family, because she's dead. She died yeah, she's died well. unfortunately as well. She um, died as well. Rest in peace. Um, yeah, I could see why the family wouldn't like how she was portrayed. Obviously, uh, it's uh, I don't know how she actually acted, so I can't say. You know, I don't know her personally, so I will say this: I don't like the way she's portrayed for one reason. Why? Because John Hamm isn't a real character, correct? Yeah, true. How did how did they portray that she got the story? He, that she slept with him too. But he's not a real character. That didn't yeah. happen. So you just made her out to be you. You know, we we talk about a lot of movies that are that are that are very this year that have been very anti men. This is a very anti woman scene. Yeah. This scene should not be in the movie. This should not be how she got the story because mm-hmm. unless it really happened, like unless if John Hamm were based on a real character and that's how she got the story, then that's how she got the story. But you just told me that women journalists use their body to get stories. And again, you're attacking the media, and this is not what we need to be doing. And I think I'm I'm not a big fan of it. Now, I am not. I she did break the story first, so she is she she is an antagonist. So I, I don't necessarily disagree with that. However, I do not like how she got the story. I don't yeah. think that's fair to her, okay. her legacy, or to the way the media or any female uh, reporter should be portrayed. Yeah, you know what? You're right. That's a, you're 100% right, and I agree with you. 
And I will say this, that I, again... Now I usually agree with this guy because he's an idiot. Mm-hmm, well, I, I, I beg to differ, but... Beg to differ. The other That's thing I don't like say. about her portrayal is she eventually will come on board with the fact that he didn't do it. Yeah. But they never really developed that into the story. Yeah. And I know it's not her story, but you made her the antagonist. She, she has, has a turn. If she actually did that... If she actually knew he was innocent, why didn't she write a retraction? Because the yeah. the Atlanta newspaper that that uh, she worked for never retracted that story. Wow. They stuck by that story even when he went on his. I'm going to sue everyone who reported it. They stuck to their guns that they that they reported fair and right. Wow. Insane. So Hot I, Atlanta, don't trust the media. I just I just don't understand. Like there was a little there was. I don't think she was written well. I okay. don't. Okay. Um, I, I, that's a fair statement. I so, can see where you're coming from with that. So the fallout of the of this story is the next like 45 minutes of screen time. So mm-hmm. the FBI is clearly railroading him. Which yeah. Means they're, 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 they're writing the narrative that he must be guilty without any evidence. Because there was never really any evidence. They try to trick him into giving up his Miranda rights. And I, do you know what Miranda rights are? Yeah, like uh, in the states, you have to if you get placed under arrest, you have to be told a certain line. You have the right mm-hmm. to uh, your uh, um, an the attorney, right attorney, you know, the right like to the silence, reason, all yeah, those things. Those things yeah. you, you you would have known them for Twenty One Jump Street, right? Yeah, because Channing Tatum couldn't figure it out. Right, his character couldn't figure it out. Yeah, they uh, they pretend like oh, let's pretend that you just gave up up your yeah. rights. They were trying to railroad him. Yeah, it's kind of messed up. Uh, when it was clear, uh, sorry, they they bugged his house. They got search warrants to t- to take like Tupperware, and yeah. again, they found no evidence whatsoever. And then when it was clear that Jewel was innocent, and he or he couldn't have acted alone at least, they changed the profile like we talked about mm-hmm. to make him uh, have an accomplice, which is his gay lover, his best friend. Yeah. Did anything in this forty-five minutes really stick out at you that you really either got really angry at or really were like that's so stupid too? Um, nothing that got me really upset with the media because I didn't know. I'm like, I don't know if this actually happened or not, and I know. Uh, but one thing I kind of laughed at was one of the scenes where Sam Rockwell's to Richard, "Don't say anything to the FBI. Just be quiet." And he just keeps talking and talking but and talking. But his talking is trying to help. Like he's trying yeah. to help the FBI because he cannot understand what's going on. Like he's been told by his mom, and I think the movie does a really good job by saying that I'm going to respect authority. Yeah, no, that's they're a, that's railroading a funny me, thing. and I'm yeah. still going to respect respect you. That's why I thought it was it was a funny thing. Like it makes sense, right? Like he's trying so hard to please and do good. Not, not to bring this into like a, a, a racial thing, but like I, I always think of. Do you, do you watch Trevor Noah at all? The no. Daily Show. Uh, do you know who Philandro Castile is? No. He was uh, he was he was a, a black man who was shot in Colorado by a Hispanic police officer. Okay. And he's basically it's all caught on film. Mm-hmm. And he was found innocent, but like as he's being, um, he's basically he's pulled over. He says he has a gun because Colorado's an open carry state. He's yeah. telling them. Hands up, didn't do anything, and then the cop just like puts like six bullets in him, Jeez. and his his in the car is his daughter and his wife or girlfriend. I don't know yeah. if they're married. And you could hear because she videotapes it after to for evidence that he's she's referring to him as sir. I respect you, sir. And I just hearing um, 
Trevor Noah talk about it is the respect she still had for authority in that moment after this police officer did something so stupid and clearly racist, she still had the 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 not the audacity the, 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 but like the wherewithal. The patience, that's sorry, the wherewithal yeah. to be respectful. Wow, that to me is people like that. I have nothing but respect for. Like you, mm-hmm. if I were her, I'd be like, "Are you?" Beep and beep beep kind of thing, oh, you'd right? Probably be screaming out of your mind if you're sniffing. Now they just got laid at the out cop. Like, what are you yeah. doing? You're so like, like I mean, but like the and he got was innocent like, for that. He was he was protecting himself because the jury was believed that you know he had the that Philandro had a gun, so he must have he the, the cop was protecting his you know. Yeah, and yeah. you wonder why people don't trust the cops. Yeah, I know. I mean, it, that's a bad story to tell. I, I try to make my point, but not all cops are like this. No, no, that's, no, not, that's the thing. Not and all I, and, cops. And again, not all. This, it's a minority, and, and I want to make it clear again that I do not. I want. I think we need more movies where the cops are the good guys. There's not a corrupt cop at the top of the list. Mm-hmm. I, we need more movies like that. We need more people to look up to, not look down to. And when we're always are always a victim of the political climate. They are, and that's a problem. And this is the political climate. Right so now. we we also talked like, um, about now this is the part where Watson Bryant kind of comes into play because, as he's getting railroad. Actually, sorry, the the one the the scene that I liked, I forgot that you talked told yours. I really liked the scene when brings out his guns because that was funny that is a very good scene so when they do the search board he puts all of his guns he's like it's atlanta like (laughs) what do you want but i really liked uh when olivia wilde when when kathy figures out that he couldn't have done it so she he goes she goes to see uh, john ham's character and is like he couldn't have done it alone like just do the math and like john ham is just like no he did it like just like just the mind baffling is like he, he must have worked with a partner. He's like, yeah. but that goes against your Olivia Wilde's like that goes against your profile. He's like the profile changes. It's profile's yeah. just a thing. Whatever. Like John Ham is so he's so good. Like in some roles, like he just makes he's really good at making you hate him, and he also he's in other roles he's really good at making you love him. Like he's yeah, like the commercials, the hockey commercials where he wants to be Canadian. Movie. Yeah, like hockey know. commercials. Um, what's another? What's a movie I saw that I really liked? Him? I really I really liked him in in the um. A Black Mirror episode. That he yeah, made. the Black Mirror. That's the one that is like Mad Men. Obviously, that's what yeah. he's most famous for. But he's got he's got a charisma to him. He's, yeah, he's, he's, he's a lot of guys are charisma. You know that. Uh, that but I really like that. I like the scene you're talking about. I I liked a lot of this 45 minutes of yeah. the film. I I really liked how he just. I'm just gonna talk. I'm just gonna help you out because like mm-hmm. that's what I, what I what I like. Uh, but Watson Bryant becomes his lawyer, and I. Uh, he struggles initially because he doesn't know what's going on, and he yeah. he, like, he kind of initially thinks that Ju- that that Jewel might have done it. Yeah. Until his secretary, who is based on a real character and who will mm-hmm. become his wife, persuades him to test out the theory. They they do the numbers and they realize they're railroading this case. Yeah. They have no evidence. Um. Richard never really listened to him, so I don't know how much of how good he was at his job yeah because <laughs> it seemed like richard kind of ended up it, it, like doing it all on his own mm-hmm. but nonetheless bryant is there the entire movie he helps him fight back he uh gets him to take the polygraph test from the old yeah. fbi agent which jewel passes he gets the mom to give the speech he gets the interview with richard mm-hmm. what are your thoughts on his strategy 
That was pretty good, you know the uh, the the test before the the police. That was, I thought that was pretty brilliant. Um, obviously, I like that he he's very protective as well, um, and he tells Richard like like it is. I don't know if it's really happened in real in real life based on what you said, but he go he gives Richard the hard truth. You need people like that in life, not a bunch of yes men, but people that actually tell you, listen, what you're doing is stupid. This is what you need to do. You know, like that's the only way to kind of improve. Not in like to get out of situations, but also improve in life as well. You're not wrong. You're not wrong. So this all kind of com- comes to a head. I actually. You know, there's one other thing I want to talk about with with um, Watson Bryant. Like Watson really provokes Jewel, or at least tries to get him angry. Yeah. Because the one thing, and we've talked about this, is that Richard won't get angry. Yeah. And until I'm his until his one moment where he does, he says he's angry. Like, what do you want me to say? Of course I'm angry, but I've been taught like this. Yeah. What do you think of that kind of speech that Jewel gives about the anger that he has? That one I, it, scene it was in the touching. entire movie. It was touching. It was moving. Uh, I was moved a lot in some scenes. You know, yeah. like I really fell for the guy. That's just why like, I thought Paul uh, Walter Hauser was the, was the star because he okay. made he moved me a couple of times. Fair enough. Uh, so we get this final interview. The room is full of all of the crime scene. He asks. He gets asked some questions, and then Richard asks just a simple question. Do you guys have any evidence? They don't have any, so he just walks out. What was your what were your thoughts on this one on this scene? I told you it was one of my favorite scenes. I really enjoyed this monologue. Right, obviously he says a lot more than do you guys have any evidence before he walks out. No, the monologue is 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 the key. I loved it, and it's, yeah. it's probably my it's probably my favorite scene in the entire mm-hmm. movie too. And the point that he really makes, the one point that hits home is, why would the next guy, the next guy, the next guy who's working security who sees a a, a bag, why would he, why would he report it? What's the outcome of this? Is he yeah. going to be known as the next Richard Jewell? Not Why sure would anyone that. help out <laughs> if you are railroading the guy who found the bomb? And I that thought, point was – I loved that point. Is he right about that though? He's <laughs> yeah, right. No, he's right. That to me is fascin- that's a fascinating question. You get in trouble for doing the right thing. Yeah. you know That to me is mind-boggling. What are you teaching um, – Future people, because like that, that, everything's a learning experience, right? Yeah. Everything you watch on TV, and this is why to me, positive reinforcement in in Hollywood is so important. Because what you see is how is what's going to affect you moving forward. Yeah. So if I see Richard Jewell, wait, you found the bomb and you got you're pleading innocent, and everyone thinks you did it, and there's no evidence. Yeah, I'm just gonna get out of there. I can, yeah. I can go home early. No, like no, that's the thing. He makes a good point because I remember. I don't know when I where the story was from, and I don't even know the context. But someone saved somebody's life because they almost died, and the person, and like they were in danger. If they did not save this person, they would have died a hundred percent. And you know what the thanks that person got? Sued. They got sued for it. And I was just thinking, why would someone help the net? Like people are hearing that, like why would someone help someone else if? People get sued for helping somebody, and, and this is this is the, everything that we do, right? Like mm-hmm. we can talk about any aspect of our society, what we yeah. say, what we, how we, how we, just touching people, right? Yeah. Anything that we do now is under the microscope, and we can be sued for it or or scorned on social media. 
for yeah. doing the right thing. And this is not the message that we want people to have. Or at least I don't think we should want people to have. We want people to, to, to understand that doing the right thing has benefits, not consequences. Yeah. So he gets cleared 88 days later. Uh, they, the FBI says you're no longer a suspect. And six years after that, they find the actual culprit after two other bombs. Do you think this movie fails to show us how Richard was affected by being seen as a, as a suspect in the future? Like we go from on them in the future, we go from that speech to you're no longer suspect, but the, but John Hampson, I still think you're, you're guilty as hell to six years later. He's working as a police officer. You're it. There, we found the guy. Yeah. Um, yeah, I didn't show anything. I'm not gonna lie, I didn't show anything more about how his life was affected after. Um, I wasn't. I don't feel like we we needed to, cause it probably would have read home like how bad the media was and everything like that. And I think would have done more harm than good if we saw more than more of that, based off of your points. So now that I think about it, now that you gave me that question, but other than that, I think that. It did show how the, his life was affected while it happened really well, so I think it was okay with not seeing. Okay, I I think we I would have liked to see a little bit more. I mean, it was a long movie as it is, but another five minutes wouldn't have wouldn't yeah. I wouldn't have been disappointed. But but I always feel this with a good movie. When you have a good movie, I want more. Yeah, and I think that's part of the what makes a movie good. It leaves you wanting more. If you if, mm-hmm. if you've gotten too much, maybe it's not a good movie anymore. Another movie is a wedding. I'm not gonna lie. When when I first watched Wolf of Wall Street, when the climax happened, I got really upset that it was close to the end. I'm like, oh man. So I really enjoyed Wolf Wolf of Wall Street when I first saw it. So that that's another good indication of when you enjoy a movie. Yeah. No, I agree. Do you personally trust the police? Like as 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 you personally? I'm Canadian, so it's a little bit better for us. But that's not the question the I have. Do you trust it though? Do you personally, like, if you were, it depends, if, you got pulled, might... if you were driving and you got pulled over, would you feel safe? Uh, I I feel pretty I I feel pretty good. I'm more most of the police I've talked to have been very kind to me and everything like that. So I don't have really an issue. Um, in the states, though, not so much. <laughs> I remember I was at border security and I felt a little, it just felt awkward because I never trust. I I don't trust the. St- I guess I don't trust the states mentality. We have a Canadians and but what, Americans what, where, have very what, different mentalities. But I ask you, where does that come from? Does that come from the media? Does that come from experience? Does that come from the way you look? Like where does See, where do you think I this feel come like from? it's experience? Just. Americans in general, I I don't. I'm not saying I don't like Americans, but I feel like their mindset's very different compared to us. And the fact that you know, you know, the guns blazing and a lot of people, well, not a lot of people, but like they still have. There's still a case for like mass mass shootings and everything like that. And obviously, Canada's not perfect as well. Like we have our problems. Gun violence in Toronto, absolutely. Yeah, but uh, you know. It's just you, you never know. With America's a very volatile place okay. right now. I don't know. I I feel I feel I I don't know. I I don't. I feel very comfortable. If I got pulled over, I wouldn't. Maybe it's because the way I look. I don't know the answer. Maybe it's because I live in Canada. I don't know. I don't think I've been jaded enough yet. Mm-hmm. But I will be honest. If I was ever suspected, 
of something or if I was ever accused of something, maybe watching all these movies and might jade me. Yeah. In 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 the process. Mm-hmm. I need I would need to see the process be reaffirmed. Mm-hmm. I don't know. It's complicated, I think. I just have like one more question. Or maybe two. Yeah. If you uh were ever working security or in a situation you saw a bag left, would you report it? We talked about this. No, before. but would you now, now? Not in the movie, not then. Would you personally, if you saw a bag, would you report? Like, it, if I was working security, mm-hmm. I, yeah, it's your job. So you would, I would too. A hot, it would never bother. A story like this wouldn't bother me because, like, again, I, I truly believe if you have nothing to hide, the the, the truth will come out in the end. Yeah. Now, uh, hopefully, it won't take six years, but well, so some people. I was taught to do the right thing. What can I say? Some people, the truth doesn't come out. In our socially, sorry, in our social media-driven world, can we learn something from this film? Yeah, don't trust the media. I I would hope we could learn that we should we should be patient and wait for evidence, and, and maybe, don't judge a book by its cover. Yeah, maybe maybe not just see someone and jump on the story without evidence. Right? Like, I mean, I think that that's the most important thing. No one's going to learn anything from that. No, they're not. It's been... Social no, media... No looks for social media gives evidence. you the power to say whatever you want with no consequences. You don't get to look not your really. accuser in the... No, of course not. If I, if I... If there are things that people write on social media that you would never be able to look someone in the eyes and say. Oh. I guess, but... And that's the thing. I'm just saying, you If know, you want to give a death threat to someone... If you tweet something 10 years ago... But it's just like if you want to give... Yeah, no, I, that's not what I mean, though. Like a yeah. death threat. Like if you send like a death threat to someone on, mm-hmm. on like Twitter or something like that, like you... you, you it gives you the power to say that, but you would never look someone in the face. Most people wouldn't look someone in the face and say that. Yeah. It's like, do you ever re- read the uh, celebrity... Like J- Jimmy Kimmel's mean tweets? Yeah. I always think of that, and there's no way... YouTube comments are worse. Yeah, exactly, right? <laughs> I don't feel like anyone would say that to someone's face. Yeah, correct. All right. I I'm. I have nothing left to say about this movie. Uh, do I'm you have any, any questions? I'm giving it 8.5 out of 10. That's what I'm going to say. I'm giving it an 8. I, I, I liked it, but again, uh, if, if I had to be critical, rewatchability, and I don't think this is the best portrayal of Kathy Scruggs and the media in general and the, the police. Okay. Okay. I think that's it for uh, the main movies this week. So let's get on to our worst 10 movies of the year. You started and you said. I'm going to start. I want to start. I I made 11 movies though. So I'm going to do 11 and 10 and then work my way to This freaking guy. All right. I I couldn't help. I have to do 11. Just do honorable mention. No, no. I have 11. Support this guy. It's not top 10. My number 11 movie. Is, or sorry, my number eleven worst movie of the year is How to Train Your Dragon three. If you are interested in knowing our exact, my exact, you had to add that movie. Wow. If you, <laughs> if you, uh, if you want to know my my complete thoughts on it, episode fifteen of our podcast, we'll talk right about that. But it's long, it's boring. The characters are brutalized. The villain is horrid. They change characters. The plot makes no sense. Grimmel has no actual plan who is the villain. And the whole hidden world concept is stupid. And the ending, where all the dragons disappear but no one will remember the dragons. Like, I, I don't. It didn't make sense to me. 
My number 10 movie, worst movie of the year was Angel Has Fallen. Um, another movie that makes zero sense. A movie that's not believable in any way, shape, or form. A guy who saves the president's life, not once, but twice, risks his own life both of those times, makes, uh, use, does acts that are beyond the call of duty. So, and these people are so quick to put the blame on him when he once again actually saves the president's life. Yeah. Uh, the action sequences I didn't enjoy. They actually think he's working for Russia, which again makes no sense. The villains have no motives. The, the villain is an old quote-unquote friend who now hates him for no reason. He's this smart and calculated villain with great tech. Who in the end just says to help with it? shot in the head. The FBI is useless. The dad is useless. He came from nowhere. So those are my 11 and 10. Oh, yeah. The dad dies after. McNulty. No, he doesn't die. Oh, yeah. He's he's, uh, he's all like, oh, we're part of the family now. I'm going to meet my kids. Yeah. All right. You're up. Number 10. Okay. My number 10 is Midway. Um, I know you love this movie, but me, I just cannot, it's, for me, characters had no motivation, it took it, it was corny, but took itself so seriously at the same time, which doesn't really work if it's a corny movie, um, the, the acting to me wasn't the greatest, I did not care for some of the scenes that were brought in weren't even necessary to do with the story. Um, so yeah, just not the, uh, not my most favorite film. Uh, and my number nine is, uh, angel has fallen and all the reasons that you said, Mike, so I'm just not going to repeat it. And, uh, so yeah, your number uh, nine. My number nine movie is the kid who would be king. I remember that. If you're interested in our, my exact thoughts, you can go to episode ten of our podcast. That's where we really do a job talking about that. Uh, it's one of those movies that I actually wanted to leave. It dragged. It was long. It was slow. They changed King Arthur. They changed Merlin. They changed. Um, uh, the, the Morgana character was completely useless. I just wasn't a fan. It's a horrible take on Arthur. That's all. I, I don't really want to talk okay. too much about it. Again, episode 10. You can get our, my th- exact thoughts. My number eight movie, eight worst movie of the year, is Men in Black International. Our, we, we podcasted this on our episode uh, 29. So again, if you want my complete thoughts, you can take a look at that. It was disappointing. And here's... There are really four major things I hated about them. And all of them deal with changing the essence of what the MIB were all about. The MIB are supposed to be the good guys. They're supposed to protect the planet from the scum of the universe. In this movie, they're protecting the scum. The second thing, the main character dates a drug dealer. How is that allowed in the MIB? It doesn't make any sense. It's horrible. I didn't like the fact that the, the mole was in the MIB as someone ranked so high. Again, this continues to tell us, as we talked about with, with, with Richard Jewell, that you cannot have faith in the people running things. 
And again, it's very forced the plot. M has no partner, yet is sent on a top secret mission to England. Most of this movie drags. There's really no succinct plot in it. The director himself didn't like it. That's enough said. What is your number eight? My number eight is Hustlers. Uh, what can I say about this film? It's uh, It wasn't the greatest. The reasoning wasn't... Were, most scenes didn't make sense. Uh, characters weren't the greatest people as well. Uh, the motivations behind what they did, I don't think it's the right way to go about it as well. Um, just all in all, uh, not a fun movie for me. And my number seven is, uh, Replicas with Keanu Reeves. I freaking, obviously, I don't know if you heard me in the multiple podcasts, but I kept railing how much I hated this film. Um, didn't make sense to me. The acting was terrible in all accounts. Uh, the reasoning for why he did doesn't make sense. Plus, like, this man would have got caught literally the first time he tried to send the whole thing. They tried to do a little twist, which was terrible. So, uh, not a big fan of that as well. Your uh... My number seven movie is Glass. That was our, our ninth episode of the podcast, if you want full thoughts. This movie angers me so much. It makes no sense. And I keep saying that, but again, that's the, the, the thing. And let me just tell you, this, this is a horrible year for movies. Horrible. The There are three fundamental flaws in this movie. Number one, we as an audience are supposed to believe, and David himself is supposed to believe, that he's not actually strong. Even though he's been saving people's lives for over a decade. Almost two decades. The second fundamental flaw is that Elijah is actually the hero and gets redeemed. Even though the whole concept of the first movie is that he is Lex Luthor, who is just the the arch enemy of Superman. He is the most evil person compared to Superman's goodness. And the third fundamental flaw is that the audience is supposed to believe in the, throughout this movie that superheroes don't exist. Ergo, that the hospital had to be in on it. Ergo, this movie is garbage. My number six worst movie of the year is Hellboy. <laughs> Episode 21 on our podcast, so you can get my full thoughts. But Cole's Notes version here. This movie is a train wreck. An absolute train wreck. Plot, plot, plot. Because it had no plot, because I'm not actually sure what happened, and it came out in April and it jumped everywhere, but it was two hours of pure hell. Yeah. Again, another movie that I really wanted to walk out of. They changed – the change in characters making Arthur and Merlin horrible. The English try to kill Hellboy because – dot, dot, dot. We still don't really understand that. We don't that. know why. Uh, the CGI was horrendous. I don't understand anything about Mila Djokovic's villain at all. And I'm still dumbfounded by the Baba Yaga character because <laughs> it, that character <laughs> makes zero sense. Baba Yaga, you gotta read the comics. If you read the comics, you make more sense to you, bro. Okay. Alright. You're well, up. What is your number six? Movie? My number six is something that's made by sand. Glass. 
<laughs> I'm kind of mad because uh, I'm not gonna lie. Spoiler alert: my next two, my number six is glass. My number five is hell. <laughs> so I second everything you say, and uh, yeah, that's uh, you should probably just go on to uh, your number uh, five and four. Wow, I still I stole both of them. Seriously, yeah, that's both awesome. In, in succession, that's awesome. My number four uh, movie is Black Christmas. Sorry, my number five movie is Black Christmas. Um, it's one of the worst movies ever. It's the most, probably the most divisive movie I've ever seen. Again, uh, we we this is episode forty seven of the podcast. Feel free to listen to it. It's like, what two episodes? Ago? Two episodes ago. Um, it's just so divisive. It's a movie that's supposed to be if sorry, if movies are supposed to be entertaining, it was not entertaining on any level whatsoever. It wanted every character to be sorry. I wanted every character to be killed in this film. Like I wanted everyone to die. Just like everyone, every man, every woman, every child, just, just a giant die. nuke. Just just die everyone. Everyone oh, every just child. Die. Okay, so I, I don't think he didn't actually mean that uh, for the people listening. Uh, but yeah, continue. I love to talk about movies. It's one of my favorite things to do. Just not this one. It's just divisive, and I want zero part of anything that's divisive. Like, that's not why I watch movies. It's not what I enjoy about movies. My number four movie is Terminator Dark Fate. Whoa. Everything in this film is horrendous. The villain is too impossible to kill. It means that the Resistance cannot beat these villains in the future. How do they have a chance against them if they can't beat them in the future and now they can't beat them in the past? If the Terminators can't even beat them. The way they portrayed the T-800 with the soul. Vomit. Sorry. The over-realistic... Sorry. The over-the-top unrealistic action scenes. The fact they killed John Connor. The major plot holes. The no, the, the, the not-developed future in this film. I spent 50 minutes ranting about it on in episode 41. If you really are interested in wanting to know how bad it is, you can listen to those 50 minutes there. You mean 50, not 15. 50 Idiot. minutes there. Just You're up boy. with your number four. four. Number four is dead. That's right, baby. It's Star Wars Rise of Skywalker. Uh, it's my number four worst film for me personally. Um, and if you like the movie, you like the movie. You know, some people, because they're younger, you know, they grew up with this new trilogy. And if you like it, you like it. No worries. I don't know how old our listeners uh, reach out to. For me, it just did not work. You know, the Emperor decision wasn't very clear. Um, the One of the stupidest ideas I've ever seen in my entire life, ever portrayed in an entire, in a movie, let's... Gra- spoiler alert for Rise of Skywalker. Let's grab, let's charge on a Star Destroyer, ride in Tauntauns, whatever the hell they're freaking riding. Um, it was just a bunch of fetch quests, and half of the things didn't even make sense. Like, the whole C-3PO losing his memory, so they went to get the thing, to get the thing, to get the thing, to get the thing, when they didn't even need to lose C-3PO's memory because it didn't even help them in the first place. So that did, it's just... You know, kind of was like the last, uh, last Jedi. I don't know what the... I guess the two things J.J. Abrams and Ryan Johnson can have in common is they love to include scenes that are, not, I guess, kind of nice to look at, but in the end don't mean anything, like the whole casino chase at the end. 
in uh, the last jedi and rise of skywalker the whole chase to get the dagger and then it just gets broken and then how does he discover it oh so he uses some like i forget kylo ship yeah terrible all right my number three movie is crawl uh just cannot this was this movie was just not for me i just couldn't stand it you're telling me that some girl with a broken leg can outswim alligators okay no thank you you know like just the and the fact that she never got out and then like just the decision it was so long and it's I was like, can the alligators just eat them and finish the movie? And the one thing that made me upset is I thought they actually were going to escape. And then they didn't, and there was another whole 40 minutes to this movie. That's that, I think that was the thing that made me really upset. I'm like, finally, yes, they're out of here. I don't want to watch this anymore. No, we got 40 more minutes of bull crap. On to you. My number three movie is X-Men Dark Phoenix. Oh, my goodness. Worst of any X-Men movie. I know you think it's Apocalypse, and maybe it is. It's close. They're at 1A and 1B. It changed the essence of characters. It made Xavier a villain. I am sorry, but Professor Xavier is not a villain. Again, why must we make our heroes villains in 2019? Mystique is the hero. The Beast has become vengeful. There is no redeeming qualities to this movie. The script is horrible. The themes are horrible. The sequences are horrible. The cali- the sorry, the character development are horrible. The villains don't make any sense whatsoever. There's horrible use of classic characters. And a movie like this just represents the final sequence. A train heading to nowhere. This was the final nail in a horrible X-Men franchise. Good riddance. Welcome to Marvel. It's not the final one. There's still New Mutants. Ah, that, that, so they keep telling us. <laughs> but that's a different universe in itself, right? Yeah. But welcome to Marvel is all I can say. My number two movie is Star Wars The Rise of Skywalker. You can listen to our rant last week. And earlier in the day too. And earlier, earlier, earlier in, the day. in the podcast. It well. changed Lucas's vision. I'm going to go with the two big things that, that really upset me. George Lucas created six movies that were about the chosen one who is going to bring balance to the force. The, the Emperor appears in number one, destroys the balance in the force by getting rid of the Jedi in number three. Someone needed to bring balance and the Jedi back. And that was going to be Anakin Skywalker. But no longer is that true. Because the Empire, their last hope of Anakin was not really the last hope. Luke was not the last hope. Leia was not the last hope. Don't worry. Neither one were, Neither one is needed. We have Rey. She's all the Jedi. And let's call this what it is. It is the Palpatine saga. It starts and ends with them. It starts with Senator Palpatine. It ends with Ray Palpatine. I do not need to spend more time talking about how bad this movie was. It is one of the, it is the worst Star Wars movie. It got a 1 out of 10 for me. And it is the second worst movie of the year. Xavier, what is your number two? My number two is Gemini Man. Oh, boy. This movie... Just, uh, I don't know. It's just the CGI was terrible. 
villain's motive sucked. It just everything about this just was bad. And I really like Clive Owen and Will Smith, big fans, but didn't make didn't really resonate with me. This was just a big swing and a miss, you know. And the funny thing is, they kept talking about how groundbreaking this technology was going to be, and it did not break any grounds for me. And uh, yeah, that's what I'm just going to go with. Uh, but my number one worst movie of the year that I've watched is Black Christmas. Just a big no thank you. You know, it's one of the, like, slasher movies aren't doesn't have the greatest acting as it is and pair that with a message which like you said is divisive is pretty much i don't want to why am i here you know like it's uh obviously most of the actors what are they most of them aren't really that well known emojin poots the star is probably the, the most well known yeah. and obviously the villain yeah is the guy from princess bride right carry Isles. yeah right so uh, but yeah, the, the acting is not amazing. A lot of the characters are the worst. Um, the decisions are terrible. Uh, I wanted all the characters to die, not all the children and the other, but just the characters that were seen in the film. You know, there were no children in the movie, so I, <laughs> I just kept. I just was just. I'm just so angry at yeah, it. But yeah, that's that's my number one worst movie. It just, uh, yeah, no, thank you. So Xavier, what's my number one? Oh, uh, I forget. I forget what other movie you. What other movie? Are you surprised by my list so far? No. You're not surprised Star Wars isn't number one. No, I want to see which one's worse than Star Wars for you. My number one movie, my real number one movie, is probably Star Wars. My number one movie I'm going with is Hollywood in general. Oh wow! Hollywood is my worst movie of the year. This is a horrible year for movies. And I don't know if you noticed the theme of my top 10 or bottom 10 movies of the year. But the theme of the year, ruining my childhood. X-Men, <laughs> ruined my childhood. Terminator. Glass, ruined Invinci- uh, in, in, um, Invincible. Not Invincible, sorry. Unbreakable. Hellboy. King Arthur. Men in Black. How to Train Your Dragon. You really like Star Wars. Pardon? You really like the Hellboys? I, I like the I, I they're, they're not bad. Star Wars, Olympic Olympus has fallen. Black Christmas. I like the original Black Christmas. Even borderline movies of Godzilla, Rambo, Judy. Just ruin. You just like to ruin things. You know what? I don't understand it. What's going to happen, Hollywood, when you lose your older audience? Because that's what you're doing. You're not getting new audiences in. People are not buying into these. These movies aren't making boatloads of money for you. In fact, people are starting to see through your garbage, your crap. They're not going to spend money on X-Men or Terminator or Cats. And guess who goes to see the movie? It ain't the the 16, 17, 18-year-olds anymore. It's my generation. It's the older people. So why don't you please be original for a change? Stop destroying childhood. Stop making people not want to go to the movies. Stop making divisive movies and make people want to go to the theater again. Maybe if you did that, then maybe, just maybe, you might make some more money. I think the age of the blockbuster is dead. And you know what? We can go a little bit further. Aladdin and the Lion King were garbage too. And those are part those are my childhood as well. 
I could keep going on, on the garbage that was released. And you know what I have to live for next year? To watch my other childhood film. You've already ruined Jurassic Park, my favorite movie. You've already ruined Independence Day, my second favorite movie. You're about to ruin Top Gun, my third favorite movie next year. Guess what I'm not looking forward to next year? Top Gun Maverick, just in case anyone's wondering. <laughs> So the worst movie of the year isn't even a film. The worst movie of the year is Hollywood for being disgusting and unoriginal. Well, you're disqualified because Hollywood is not a movie. That's why I gave 11, though. Scene. That's why it I did 11. <laughs> but my number one, again, for the second, for the third year in a row, a Disney movie has been on my worst movie of the year. Yeah, well, it's kind of hard to not be on the worst movie when you own everything. Yeah, but, I mean, that's you. Yeah, right? All right. So that's it. That's it for us for the year, for the decade, for the show. It's all done. 2019 is done. And get ready for a bad 2020. Well, if, I'm all about positive vibes, so I'm just saying get ready for a great 2020. I meant for great movies. Decade. I, I meant for, for... And for movies, for anything. Everything oh, we'll can be great. Like what you like. In Hollywood... Xavier, what movie are you most looking forward to in 2020? Because I think this is going to be a bad year for movies. I think it's going to be – I mean this – That's why the government's always listening. I mean there are there – are, there are, this year was a lot of big budget, big name movies, remakes, sequels. Yeah. The age of the blockbuster, I think it's starting to die down. You know, it's not – people don't want to – streaming is starting to – it killed the uh, video, video. What's it called? Uh, blockbuster and stuff like that, and it's starting to take a hit on cable as well. Maybe if they made new things in theaters and original things, maybe things would be better. No, I think just people just like access to things right away. Maybe, and they can just sit in their home. I think you're the only person that likes looking at big screens for TV. Oh, I love you know. Big screens. I but, love uh, big screens. I love them. Love them. Love them. All right. But what movie are you most looking forward to? Probably. Uh, the Christopher Nolan one. Oh, the one that I told you about before the podcast started. Tenet? Yeah, Tenet. Yeah. I didn't know that was coming out this year. I thought that was coming out in 2021. Yeah. So, you didn't know what it was called. I'm most looking forward to that movie, too. You want to know why? Why? Because I can trust Christopher Nolan to be original. I.E. Prestige. I.E. Memento. I.E. Inception. What about Inception. Dunkirk? It's, you know what, though? Name me a movie that's made on Dun- about Dunkirk. What? Name me a movie made about Dunkirk. It's not. No, I just meant that. At least it's, like an, it. it's not an original idea, but at least the first movie of it. At least it didn't remake something. And I agree. I think this is worst movie. But everything else has been crazy and good. And I guess Batman technically a remake that he did, but he made him good. All right. I'm also looking forward to Mulan. I think that's that a remake. Be it's not. Yeah, I agree. Idiot. But at least, at least, at least, I I think that the tone will be different. I think it's going to be good. I. I think Mulan is one of the underestimated and underrated Disney movies, and I'm looking. It's forward number to three it all time on, for me on your list, but I think for a lot of people, it's underrated. Yeah, because idiots. And of course, you can't go wrong. I'm I'm looking for Marvel to to carry me through the year again. I'm worried I don't think about it's going to carry you. You thought you were? I thought you were really excited about Black Widow. Now that you've seen the preview. Yeah, I'm excited for it, but I don't know about the Eternals and Shang Chi coming out this year. No, it's only two this year, so it's a. Marvel's only got two movies. It's crazy. Mm-hmm. All right. Anything else you want to talk about this week? No. It's... All right. Well, everyone, have a happy new year. Next happy week on new decade. Happy new decade. Uh, next week on the podcast, we're going to be doing Bombshell, Little Women, and our top ten movies of 2019 to see some of the the positives that 2019 did for us. 
All right. See y'all later. Happy New Year.